Hello and welcome to episode four of Ride the Rails with Andy B. Today I'm joined by Mark Smith, the man in seat 61, and we're discussing the scenic delights of the railways in the British Isles. So, good afternoon, Mark. Afternoon, Andy. So, British Isles have some superb scenery for, for rail enthusiasts and non-rail enthusiasts, uh, from the highlands of Scotland, to the Welsh hills. Um, yeah, we, I think we're blessed in the UK with our railways and where they go. We've got a good variety of scenery from mountains to flatlands to coastline uh, and we've the railways take you just about anywhere. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right from the north of Scotland, from Wickham Thurzow, obviously all the way down to Penzance down in the southwest. Uh, and there is that infamous train that goes from Aberdeen to Penzance. Uh, which is, I think, about a 12-hour journey. So you see the whole variety of the UK on that one, I believe. So, um, Mark, Scotland. Uh, I, 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 I wager Scotland, every train line is a scenic train line. Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd certainly say that Scotland has the highest percentage of scenic routes to any rail route of any part of the UK. And indeed, it's got uh, some of the best rail routes in the world. Uh, the West Highland was voted the world's most scenic rail route uh, a few years ago. Um, and to be honest, I don't disagree. It's my favourite route in the whole of the British Isles. And it's not the only one um, to that sort of standard in Scotland. Scotland's just really over endowed with uh, scenic railroads. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And ScotRail, the train operator up in Scotland, um, offers a pretty, pretty good service with some quite comfortable trains. So not only do you have the scenery, but you have comfortable trains to, to view the scenery from, which is always a bonus. Um, the, so you mentioned the West Highland Line. So that's the line that runs from Glasgow north to Oban and Fort William and Malay. Um, do, you have a, do you have a preference for which of the two routes you, you prefer? Well, by far the longer route is the one up to Fort William and then Malig. Uh, and that one is absolutely superb. Uh, I mean, just going across the bleakness of Rannoch Moor and Karua Summit. I mean, you have to do it in a February, uh, the, in, a, in a snowy winter to see it at its bleakest. But even in summer, it's, it's pretty bleak. Um, yeah. But it's got such a beauty. And many is the time I've travelled up there on the Caledonian Sleeper, put the blinds up, seen deer bounding away from the train. Um, you see quite a few stags up there. Uh, a lot of the time um, and the gnarled oak trees and the mountain streams and the lochs um, you've got Manessi Gorge as you approach um, Fort William with the yep. river running in a rocky gorge by the side of the train um, and uh, of course at Fort William you arrive at more or less at the base of Ben Nevis the tallest mountain in Britain the the foot of the tourist track up the Ben is only 10 minutes walk away from the station so if you feel like if you're feeling energetic you can get off the train there and uh, nip up the uh, tallest mountain in Britain. <laughs> so good night's sleep on the sleeper, then a quick hike up Ben Nevis, and then perhaps hop onto the Jacobite, the, the steam train that runs from Fort William up to Malay. That's right. Uh, uh, Britain's 
regular steam train over one of the most iconic bits of railway, Fort William to Malig, over the Glenfinnan Viaduct, which of course everyone these days knows as the Harry Potter Viaduct. Uh, there's more to that bit of line than um, the Glenfinnan Viaduct, of course. You've got the Bonnie Prince Charlie monument uh, on the edge of the loch at Glenfinnan. You've got, uh, even as you leave Fort William, you go over Neptune's staircase, the series of locks that lift boats up. Yes, the boats go up um, and over the hill um, on the Caledonian Canal, which gets uh, small boats from one side of Scotland to the other. Uh, there's quite a lot to see as you snake your way to Malig. And of course, when you get to Malig, some of the best fish and chips in Britain. And indeed, the best langoustines. I've had a superb plate of long langoustines in a uh, restaurant in Malig. Oh, right. So culinary delight awaits the, the, the Jacobite passengers. Uh, does the Jacobite have dining, a dining service on it? No, I don't think it does. No, Just Mark right. 1 coaches and mm. uh, a steam locomotive. And what better to be hauled by steam over that bit of railway? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I, I have heard it referred to a few times with clients from my Discover by Rail service, the Travel Architect service, asking for the Harry Potter train. So our American cousins think of it as the Harry Potter train. Well, that's understandable. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things I did in my, in my younger days when I was exploring the UK by train, uh, I took a round robin trip from Glasgow, went up the West Highland line, and took a ferry from Malague across to the Isle of Skye, a bus across the Isle of Skye to the Kyle of Lochalsh, sorry, to the edge of Skye, a ferry across to the Kyle of Lochalsh, and then picked up the train again to Inverness and the Highland Line south to Glasgow. Absolutely stunning. The amount of scenery you saw on that trip was just incredible. It's, it's the ultimate Highland Circle, but it's, it's a bit elusive because of the new bridge at uh, Kyle. I say new, it's been around for some years now. It used to be straightforward. You used to catch the West Highland line up to Malig, the ferry to Armadale. There were local buses that took you to Kyle Aiken, which is just across 200 yards of water from Kyle. There was a ferry every few minutes from uh, Kyle Aiken to Kyle. And then you caught the train to Inverness. Unfortunately, there's no ferry. I think the buses still go to and from Kyle Aiken on Sky, but there's no ferry because of that modern bridge that's fat lot of good for pedestrians really it's three <laughs> miles away so that's a heck of a heck of a hike um if you want to walk from the bus stop at Kyle Aiken uh to Kyle railway station and end up 200 yards from where you started there used to be a ferry years ago there used to be a direct ferry in summer I think it ran several times a week from Kyle to uh, Malig. So you could do the circle, the Calmac ferry, that's long gone. So although this is a, a fantastic circle to do, that little bit of connectivity at Kyle is sort of missing these days, I think. I think there's an opportunity there somewhere. Yeah, no, most, most definitely. I wonder what Scott, Scott Rail's view of that is, um, because clearly it's got massive tourist potential. Scott Rail are recognising it. There are trains on the West Highland line. Uh, they're introducing a new carriage on a lot of the trains, which is a, sing a, a single carriage, which they're converting for bicycles because they recognise the tourist potential for the cyclists. 
Uh, actually, that would be good for the cyclists because they could cycle over the bridge to pick up the training Kyle. So most... They probably have the least problem of us all. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I guess that 200 yards across from Kyle of Lacanche would be rather chilly to swim across then. Yeah, you need to bring, bring a dinghy. I think that's the solution until somebody gets their finger out and joins up those two great Scottish rail routes. And make sure you've got a, some whiskey with you to warm you up as well. I think that's one of the key ones in Scotland. Um, with, with, with Scotland, there's the... I was going to say famous, but actually its, it's profile isn't as high as some of the other luxury trains in the world. Um, is the Royal Scotsman, uh, the train operated by the same people who operate the Orient Express, which does the scenic land cruises around. And I have to say, Mr. Smith, this is one area where I'm extremely jealous of you. Well, I have ridden the Royal Scotsman mm -hmm. to, to check it out and put it on seat 61. Um, it's probably less well known in this country because its clientele are mostly from overseas, you know, Americans, Australians. They yeah. find it a really luxurious way to see an awful lot of Scotland in great comfort in a very short space of time. But for those of us who are already here, we might see it as, as expensive, but you certainly get a lot because it includes your meals, your accommodation. You don't travel in a sleeper uh, as the train goes along. They park the train and you sleep uh, soundly in a siding in your stateroom with ensuite shower and toilet and uh, uh, lovely smoke kippers for breakfast next morning and uh, they also do activities like uh, that are included like we visited the Dalwini whiskey uh, distillery yep. and uh, they even got us clay pigeon shooting and yes I did hit a few for, before you ask um, <laughs> fascinating experience so yeah that would that was certainly a great way to ski uh, to see uh, Scotland um, yeah it's um you, you, you mentioned um, just in passing then the price um, I know for I think the, the four-day trips started around about four thousand pounds per person so certainly for myself, that'd be a once in a lifetime trip. Um, but you, you, you say most of the, in fact, when you did the trip, was, was everybody from overseas? Were you the, I think most of them were. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's who it's aimed at. And, and they come over here and they want to see Scotland and they want to be shown it. They want to see the best of it. They haven't always got a lot of time. They mm -hmm. might have the money, but not the time. If, right. if you live here, it's the other way around, isn't it? So yeah. you take a slightly different view. One of the great things about this train is that it's got an open balcony at the back. So you really can stand on the back holding on to the railings and, and actually watch the track disappear behind you and I tell you I was on that balcony as we crossed the fourth bridge returning to Edinburgh and uh, if you thought traveling across on a train looking out the window was good standing on an open balcony at the back of the Royal Scotsman was being able to look up down sideways with nothing between you and the magnificent bridge that was quite something. Fantastic and I hope you toasted that with one of the fine whiskies that were on board. We may have sampled quite a few. I'm told they carry 40 different whiskies on that train. Uh, the train manager was telling me before we started trying them, but I don't think we got very far before we uh, decided we should probably stop for the night. <laughs> do, you, do you think that was um, a setting a challenge to you by saying there were 40 whiskies on board? 
Well, <clears throat> I did learn a lot about whiskey on that trip, not just from visiting the uh, distillery, but uh, discussing it with the train manager on board. And uh, I now get that uh, whiskey is is geographical in Scotland. You, you have to work your way from the uh, east coast where it's particularly smooth yeah. towards the west coast where they make the, uh, the rougher, uh, rougher whiskies. <laughs> so is that the correct terminology a rough i have West no Coast idea Andy. i have no idea but uh it's it's as i understand it right interesting um so scott scott as i say scotland for me is perhaps the number one country i think in in the world for scenery for how everything's packed in there um and then one of the other uk nations of course is wales and wales is getting on for scotland in a lot of the scenery uh, perhaps with less railway lines than in scotland um the the cambrian coast uh, heading from shrewsbury going through welsh pool and then up the coast pothmadoc and Pefeli, uh, is another delightful journey um is that is that on your list it's of... one of my favorites i spent many a childhood holiday at Dhabi and tawin um and taking the train up there is absolutely superb and of course you have to stop off at tawin for the talakin uh, get my mouth around this word the talakin <laughs> railway uh, uh -huh. and then further north of course port maddock for the festinial railway and the welsh highland railway Yes. The great little trains of Wales, which are absolutely fabulous to travel on. I'm so grateful to the volunteers who saved them from closure way back when. Yeah, um, again, one of my one of my round robins in the past was uh, from Manchester, an early start down to Shrewsbury, going along up to Plothmaddock, catching the steam train over to Blana Festiniog, down to Llandidno, and then back to Manchester. A very long day, uh, but a superb day for scenery and just for something different, taking that narrow gauge steam railway over the into the mountains. It's great how the Festinial Railway fills the gap. It's the link between the Mid Wales National Rail Network and the North Wales National Rail Network. And it does allow you to do that fantastic circular journey. Now, don't ask me for details, but I think there is still a special circular fare you can get that covers uh, a return journey out via the um, Cambrian coast, across on the Vestinial Railway and back via the North Wales coast, or the other way around. That will be worth following up if you want to do that circle. Yeah, well, that's certainly the type of ticket that I used. Uh... Back, back in the day. Uh, even that line from Blano Festiniog down to Llandidno, um, if, if I'm pronouncing them correctly, is another engineering marvel. Um, quite often it gets hit by flooding, which just kind of indicates with tor raging torrents down the side of the railway line. Um, again, just breath breathtaking in its own way with kind of the slate quarries uh, that you see on route. Um, and of course, once you get to Llandidno, you could turn left to head over to Holyhead or right to head over to Chester. If you take the left turn, you've got the Menai Bridge, Conway Castle. And then once you get onto Anglesey, I, I really like just 
plodding through Anglesey on a train. Well, it's um, the London-Dublin route, isn't it? Mm. You can travel from London to Dublin in a day using the train and the ferry, and that line along North Wales is absolutely superb. Yeah, just memories of my daughter saying, wow, as we passed under the battlements of Conway Castle. Uh, I've captured it on video somewhere along the line, and uh, yeah, it always makes me smile. Yeah, but, no, definitely. The um, when, when you did it, were you fortunate to have a train where you could open the windows at the doors? No, this this was a Virgin Voyager. Ah, right. Oh, well, that's good. That's good to know then that you can get good videos of kind of the modern stock. Yeah. Well, they, the the one thing the Voyager does have is very large windows, so uh, you can get a you can get a good view out of those. And is it is it the Virgin Voyager that goes along the North Wales coast where one of the carriages, when the, the morning train is heading to London? is first class, but then when you go the other way, it's just treated as standard class. With the two well, they, they've got one carriage which is standard class or has standard class seats, but it's laid out as tables of four. And that's the one I always go for because the seats pretty much line up with the windows. And I like a table for four rather than the airline style seat. So yeah. yes, that is, a, that is a good tip when using the Voyager in standard class between London and North Wales. Which, yeah. of course, is of anti-West Coast rather than uh, Virgin these days. Indeed. Um, the, they, they've just been refurbished. I saw something in one of the Realm magazines. Have they just completed the refurbishment of the Voyagers? They might have finished one. They're certainly going to refurbish them, but I, I haven't seen one. Because hmm. um, they, they are a comfortable train. As you say, they're really nice, big picture windows. Uh, in, in some ways, the complete opposite of the Pendolinos. I don't mind the pendolinos. I like I like a, a window seat on the pendolino. Then I don't mind the uh, the smaller windows on those. Yeah, um, the one of the things with the pend pendolinos, um, it, obviously going up, they go up the west coast in the UK. Um, this, I, I think the scenery that you get travelling from London to Glasgow on the pendolino far, far exceeds what you get travelling from London to Edinburgh on the East Coast. Well, we might disagree there, Mr Brabin, because although the scenery north of Crewe on the West Coast is absolutely fabulous, uh, and I've been lucky enough to do it in the driving cab as, as, as well, accompanying a, a driver there, um, the East Coast has got a heck of a lot to see, and you get all those coastal views um, of Lindisfarne Castle and uh, the Berwick border bridge um and there's lots of other sites from peterborough cathedral northwards durham yep. cathedral so i always enjoy the london edinburgh route on the east coast even though i enjoy the scenery on the last bit of the west so again this i think speaks volumes for round robin type tickets go one way come back the other that's right up the west coast back on the east or vice versa uh, ideal solution in fact i think there is still at least one london edinburgh train that goes via the west coast direct and uh, that's quite useful because it stops at milton Keynes, and you can, we can get on uh, near where we live and are they are they still also running there are a couple of the east coast trains going to glasgow they all used to and then they mm. stopped i can't remember whether there's one that still does right or at right. least one 
But it's oh. easy enough to change onto a ScotRail train because the ScotRail trains, I think, now run every 15 minutes between Edinburgh and Glasgow. And they're using new electric trains, which uh, scoot between the two cities in some incredibly quick amount of time. Uh, it's quite an excellent service in the lowlands between Edinburgh and Glasgow now. And don't they have about four different routes you can take? Because they keep reopening lines and connect, connecting branch lines. Together. There's there's no shortage of different routes if you get bored with one between Edinburgh and Glasgow. Yeah. So I, the last time I did it, I took a bit of a, a diversion northwards to Stirling. And of course, Stirling has one of Scotland's great castles, and that's well worth a visit. Okay, yes, absolutely. And that is, can you see Stirling Castle from the from the train as you're heading through Stirling? I think you can. Oh. It's it's a little bit of a, it's a walk, it's quite a steep walk up the hill, as I recall, from the station. It seems like in Scotland everything's a walk up the hill. I never <laughs> sat from the station. <laughs> um, it keeps us fit. <laughs> indeed. Um, just, just going back down to, to Wales, uh, I think one of the hidden gems of the UK rail network is the Mid Wales line, linking Shrewsbury with Llanelli uh, through Llanelli, Wales. Um, again, just almost, it's a rural idyll, uh, looking out, out of the train, out of the train on that route. And it's one that doesn't really get much publicity. It doesn't. I mean, I've ridden it some years ago, and it's incredibly rural. Lots of stations, a very long, spindly, single-track rural route from Shrewsbury to Swansea, um, through as its name suggests, the heart of Wales. Um, quite a route. It's one of those surprising ones that, that's actually, that actually survived the beaching cuts. It is. Uh, uh, yes, it's quite surprising given how long it travels, but it goes through communities that are quite a long way away from any other part of Britain. Yeah, quite yeah, remote so with it doesn't have a motorway network it takes quite a long time to drive uh, as i can testify <laughs> through some parts of wales mm. so it's really kind of offering a social service as well as being stunningly beautiful yeah absolutely um talk, talking of beaching uh, there was a period in the eight was it the 80s where the government were looking at closing rail lines and one of the ones slated for closure was the Settle to Carlisle railway. And it was saved by certainly one of my rail heroes, a certain Michael Portillo. He was the Minister for Transport that uh, signed the reprieve. Um, but of course, there was a, a big campaign to save it. Uh, and we mustn't forget Ron Cotton, the BR manager who was tasked with running it uh, and accidentally on purpose uh, promoted it and made it set the ball rolling for the success it is today. <laughs> yeah, well, a, a lot of... Um... T tourist trains take take the Settle Carlisle Railway. And last year, we had the Staycation Express, which was a, I think, a relatively last minute idea uh, by some entrepreneurial people who had access to a train. And over the summer period, when lockdown wasn't running, they ran a series of trains da daily, I believe, running over that. And everybody I know who took it 
absolutely raved about it. Yeah, it was an Intercity 125, so uh, one of the most comfortable trains ever built in Britain. And they ran it between the um, hiking locations for visitors to get out and about hiking, taking the train out, doing the hike and taking the train back. Uh, and it seems to have been uh, a great success. And it's returning uh, this year, all being well, with uh, an increased itinerary. Yeah, that's right. They're, they're extending it up to Carlisle, I believe. So it's running up from, starting Skipton. Uh, I think they're going to run all the way through to Carlisle, which for, for me makes sense. Uh, because again, you can then work it into a round robin itinerary. Well, if you're coming from uh, Scotland, it's easier. It's easy to catch a train from Glasgow or Edinburgh to Carlisle to connect with it. That seems like an excellent idea. Yeah, and and again, you can then connect to my favourite line from England to Scotland, the West Coast. <laughs> so I always like to plug the West Coast, Mark. <laughs> well, of course, if you end up at Settle and Leeds, you'll end up on the East Coast, Andy. Oh, I suppose so. <laughs> you win some, you lose some. Um, what kind of in in that north part, northern part of England? Uh, again, similar to that part of Wales line, you have the Cumbrian coastline, which is I use that hackney phrase, another hidden gem, hugging the coast all the way around from Carlisle to Barrow, uh, including your fantastic views of the Windscale nuclear power station on route. Uh, have, have, have you had the opportunity to ride the Cumbrian coastline? I have, some years ago, but uh, it was a lovely ride, as you say, right along the, the coastline, hence, hence the name, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, it's not, um, it sort of circumvents the Lake District, doesn't it, on the coast, showing yeah. you a different part of that neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah. Again, again, if you do a round robin, you can go up through the Lake District on the west coast and then skirt round on the on the Cumbrian coast, uh, and then actually then the line from Barrow in Furness through to Lancaster through Carnforth along the along Morecambe Bay actually is another fantastic ride. Um, I'm actually going to be out and about on the rails quite quite soon, and the Cumbrian coast is on my list of lines to ride. Um, so if you look out on my social media, at Andy B Travels, you'll see some updates from trips around the north of England on scenic railways. Um, so Mark, this all ties in nicely with um, travel, traveling from the north of England, making your way south and then down to the southwest. I, I, when, when we chatted before this, com this conversation now, uh, you mentioned the line along the Dawlish seawall was one of your personal highlights. Well, to coin another phrase, now for something completely different. We've, we've done mountains and moors, well how about coastline? And there is no better bit of British coastal railway than the line uh, along the coast through Dawlish, the Great Western Line between London uh, and Exeter, taking you through to Plymouth and Cornwall. 
uh, right along the beaches, probably too close for network rail's comfort, given the, uh, <laughs> yes. the seawall at Dawlish is notorious for being exposed to the elements, doing a lot of work to shore that up. But it is one of Britain's great railways all along the sandstone cliffs on that neck of the woods. And even when you're at uh, Tynmouth and uh, beyond that section, it's not all over yet because you've got fantastic salt ash bridge between Devon and Cornwall over the Tamar, um, one of Isambard Kingdom Brunel's finest structures, quite incredible single track uh, combined tubular and suspension bridge. The train slows right down as to slow speed to crawl across the bridge too, so you've got plenty of time to enjoy it. And again, well, one, one tip, if you're down in that part of the world, uh, the fantastic Intercity 125 trains, Great Western Railways have rejigged some 125s, and I believe they call them Castle Class. Uh, so they still run the HSTs with their, with their big windows, comfortable seats, dare I say, compared to the other available trains. Other trains were available. Uh, so I think they run from Bristol down through Plymouth uh, on the more localised service. So my, my tip would be to try and get on one of those rather than through trains from London. Or look for a train that does uh, Pullman dining, which we discussed in a, a podcast or two ago. The Probably the, well, certainly the best railway food in Britain. Uh, a couple of trains from Penzance to London uh, serve food in a classic restaurant environment. And it is quite superb. No, I, I, I guess the key to this is timing your dining that you're just going along the seawall in Dawlish. I wonder if there's a premium but to get that reservation. I got it spot on the last time I came back from Cornwall. It was sunny, it was Dawlish and it was Pullman dining on Great Western. Uh, it could not have been better and the wine was great too. And on that note Mark, I think that is a tremendous way to end today's conversation. Um, Mark Smith, the man in C61, your rail expert. And if you want to know when to drink on a train, Mark's your man to give you that information. Uh, thank, thanks, for, thanks for today, Mark. I really You're enjoyed welcome. that, travelling around. And I look forward to catching up with you again and doing another Ride the Rails. Until thanks, next time. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheerio.